Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. It's great to have you with us. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. I've turned 50. Do I do I say what are the 10 things that I've learned in 50 years? Um, but I thought, no, maybe I won't do that. Um, because I'm still learning. It's probably about three things I've learned in 50 years, not 10. So I thought I didn't want to stretch that to come in something more than I should. But uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking through how God speaks to the prophets. And he says to the prophets, he says to the prophets, what do you see? And then he expects them to, to see something that they kind of, that he's putting in front of them. You know, it's Jeremiah or Ezekiel. What do you see, Jeremiah? And I thought to this morning and this evening, it's going to get, kind of be a part one and part two. So I'd love you to listen to the evening as well if you don't come to the evening service. Is I, I want to talk about the dream that I believe God has put in our hearts as a church. So when you say, what do you see, Stan? This is something of what I see. I've got 30 points. That's why I'm saying it's going to take a bit of time. Maybe we won't get there. But if I had to say, if you had to say to me, Stan, what is the dream? What is my dream? What is my dream for the ch- this, this beautiful bride called Glenridge Church? And I want to start to unpack that. We'll see how far we get with the time we've got. And, uh, and see what God does with that. But I think God has put a dream in my heart and in our hearts. That a dream that has, been, that has been kind of molded over 37 or 38 years of the age, which is how old Glenridge is. It's a dream that God has fashioned through the, through the, through the ministry of Chris and Meryl Vinant, who planted the church, to Rory and Mel Dyer, who continued the church, to Ryan and Mel Matthews, who continued it after that, and to Heather and myself and the team that we're, and obviously that's not, I'm just giving you the errors, but there's a team involved. There's an eldership team, there's a leadership team, and many of you have been there since in, in those days, for 20 years or 30 years in this church. And so I want to I kind of just ooze out something of that dream for us as a church. So let's kick off. Our dream of a people that will walk with Jesus day by day. That love being with Him and so become like Him. I believe in a dream of a church where everybody in the church is growing and taking the next step in God because of their walk with Jesus. I have a dream, friends, of a church or of a people whose love, purpose, and worth is ever increasingly found in the person of Jesus. Whose love, they perfectly understand that they're perfectly loved from Him and so sufficient in Him. Whose purpose, their destiny of their life is found in Him and their worth, their value is in what He says of you and what we are found in Him. And that is ever increasing. I have a dream of a church where everybody is not only a follower of Jesus, but actually a dream where people actually make other followers of Jesus. I have a dream that actually people don't sit back, 
But actually God so imbues you with love and that you are so compelled by love that you have to take what you've got and help others get there as well. I have a dream of a church that doesn't just make disciples or followers of Jesus, but makes disciple makers and other followers of Jesus. I have a dream, I have a dream of a church of a people who are so dependent on Jesus that a prayerful life is indispensable to their life and their walk with Him. Where we don't have to cajole and, and, and hop up guys, come to prayer or be praying or be with Jesus. It's so, there's such a dependence on Him. I have a dream where people find such a dependence on Him that they can't go 24 hours without being with Him. Where they cannot be without Him and they need prayer and they need to be hearing from Him. They need to be listening to Him and they need to be asking Him and thanking Him and living lives of gratitude in a prayerful life. I have a dream of a church where rest is found in God, not in anything else. I have a dream of a people that love to worship together. And that worship is so intoxicating that we're together that it changes atmospheres and environments of the people that come into the place. That actually in worship, I have a dream, friends, that in worship people will be instantly healed of chronic diseases. I have, a, I have a dream that in worship as the presence of God of something of even what we experienced this morning, that your soul would be renewed, that your life would be restored, and that you would be healed and that you would encounter the living and risen Christ in a profound way that will continually and forever be with you and changing and growing your life. I have a dream of a people where everybody sees himself as a leader and an influencer. I have a dream, friends, of a church where everybody understands, knows and understands and lives out what it means to be the priesthood of all believers. That you have direct access to the Father in heaven. That you can hear Him for yourself. That you can know Him intimately yourself. And that He can direct you and hold you and keep you. And together with your brothers and sisters and the church people that God that puts around you, that you can minister in whatever situation you find yourself. I have a dream, friends, that people would understand that, not just know that, but actually so understand it that they live it out in a profound way. I have a dream, friends, of a people who does not see their walk with Jesus separately or separated from everyday life. Where actually everyday life, can I use that other thing? Isolated from their everyday life. Where your everyday life is impacted by God and is to be used by God and you will be used by God in your workplace, in your family, in your friendships, in whatever environment you find yourself in. Because you understand who you are with, in God and whose you are. 
in Him. I have a dream, friends, of a people who are absolutely convinced, are absolutely convinced and live out the fact that a church is not a place or a building, but actually a people. That we don't go to church, but actually we are the church. And wherever we are, the presence of God, the presence of God's people, the presence of the church is. In every place, in everywhere we are. I have a dream, friends, of a people that thinks generationally. That thinks generationally. That doesn't think about this generation, but thinks about two and three and four generations ahead where we actually start to set up now and have a paradigm of thinking that it's for the inheritance of our children's children that we are living now. That actually God's design is that parents would leave their kids an inheritance. I have a dream, friends, that we would start to think like that and live like that. And as I said earlier, that we would grow up before we grow old. And I have a dream, friends, that in this multi-generational environment that we are, that, young, that older people would not stifle younger people, the zeal and the inexperience of younger people, but actually they would celebrate it, encourage them, back them, and blow wind into their sails. And I have a dream, friends, that older people would lean into the wisdom and the years of the older, uh, younger people would lean into the, into the wisdom and the years of the older people and learn from them that they don't have to go through the same mistakes. And that there'd be a deep respect, no matter who, how old you are, for each other. Because actually Jesus is central to everything that we do. I have a dream, friends, of a church that is a, a good place to grow up in and a good place to grow old in. I have a dream, friends, that not only will the youth not be looked down on, but encouraged, but actually even that single people would not be feel, feel like they are some kind of um, second best because they're not married. That single people would understand that if you're called to be single for the rest of your life, that is your inheritance in God, that is your gift in God, and actually you are going to be as powerful and as, and as, and as uh, effective in what God's called you to do as, as anybody else that's married. I have a dream, friends, where old people will not be put out to pasture in their older years, later years, but actually would be poor, more passionate for Jesus and more intimate with Jesus and more profoundly in love with Jesus. Even though the energy might be waning, the passion is increasing. That, Father, I, I have a dream, friends, of this kind of church coming together in a profound space of honor for one another and value for one another. I have a dream, friends, of a people who know and understand the reality of the kingdom breaking in in the person of Jesus and so have faith for and expect to see the power of God manifest through their lives. Can I say that again? I have a dream, friends, of a people who know and understand the reality of the kingdom breaking in in the person of Jesus and so have a faith for and expect to see the power of God manifest through their lives. 
Friends, we have a current example in the city right now. Her name is Kiara, Kira Mungavin. On the 26th, of December, the doctor said she's got no chance. The doctor said she's got no chance. If you don't know her, she's been, there's been a lot of social media around her. Around her, a 13-year-old girl on her way to church on Christmas Eve was hit by a motorbike in the head, cracked skull, lots of trouble, brain traumas, all sorts of things, and the doctors had said there's no chance. And if she does live, there's not going to be a quality of life that's worth living. But you see, friends, the resurrected Jesus, the resurrected Jesus is on the throne, friends. I love Leslie Newbegin's saying, when Leslie Newbegin was, a, was, a, was, a, was a, a missionary to India for 35 years, and when he came back to the UK, they said to him, what is your, what is your expectation of what's going to happen in India going forward? Are you optimistic? And he said these famous words. He said, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. I believe in the resurrection power of Jesus. Amen. Friends, optimism is not going to take you through this country's stuff. And neither is pessimism. But the resurrected Jesus can do something. And the resurrected Jesus touched Kira Mungavin in, in, a, in, a, in a profound, profound way, friends. With people praying around her bedside, staying in the hospital, taking up a whole ward, living in the hospital, praying. Children, friends. To the place now where it looks like she's going to have a full recovery. You see, friends, I've got a dream, friends. I've got a dream, friends. When the doctors say no hope, Jesus says there is always hope. I've got a dream, friends, that we so know the kingdom of God and Christ, that nothing is impossible. And friends, when the outcome is not what we think it is, we still have hope, and we still understand His good, and we still understand His power, because Jesus is raised from the dead. I have a hope, friends. I have a dream of this kind of church. I have a dream, friends, of a people where every man, woman, and child participate in the works of Jesus, both personally and collectively. Every man, woman, and child. I have a dream, friends, where our kids will pray for the sick and they will be healed. I have a dream, friends, that when they go into kids' ministry, not out to go to in kids' ministry, but when they go into kids' ministry, actually what is taught there, what you are teaching them at home, something happens in their hearts and grips their hearts that from a young age, friends, they can encounter God, know Jesus, and pray for the sick and see them healed. I have a dream, friends, that those children will evangelize and speak to their friends about Jesus and how good he is. I have, a, I have a dream, friends, that no man or woman will ever live below a, a substandard life, below what that God has destined them to live in. That everybody lives in their gifts, that everybody walks into their destiny. I have a dream for that. It might be an, seem like an impossible dream, but friends, I believe it's a resurrection dream. I have a dream, friends, of a church where the majority of people carry the minority of the people. 
Not like in most churches where the minority carries the majority. Where a few people do all the work to get the stuff done and everybody comes to consume on a Sunday. No, no, no. The kingdom, that the, the church that Jesus is building, that's everybody participates. Everybody sees themselves as a vital cog in what God's doing in the life of a local church. And actually most of the people carry those that are still growing up until they can participate. Which means, friends, everybody's serving somewhere. Which means everybody's ministering somewhere. That actually your presence here on a Sunday or on a prayer meeting or whatever, home groups and whatever it is, actually it's important because if you're not there, there's a hole there. I have a dream, friends, of a church that thinks like that. I have a dream, friends, of a people who are outrageously generous. Outrageously generous. I have a dream, friends, where it doesn't matter how much you earn, but you can give generously for you. And no matter how much that is, if it's generous, the blessing of God is upon your life and opens something over your life. I have have a dream, friends, that as a church, we will give away more than we spend on ourselves. Whatever the cost of this is, I pray, and I have a dream, friends, that the finances will be in a place and we will all steward that so well that we will be able to give away more than what we have to use. I have a dream, friends, of a church community where there is no needy amongst us. where everybody is so playing their part and so in seeing how they can participate that actually those that need jobs somehow get employment. Those that haven't got much somehow get knitted into communities and people look after them. Not because of a program, not because of some kind of uh, thing that gets put on you, but because there's such a heart of God and such a love of Jesus and such a value for every single person that our heart and our compassion pours out into them and we live in a community like that. I believe, or I have a dream of a people of courageous faith. That even when it doesn't make sense, we do what God says. I have a dream, friends, that when God speaks, we obey. Delayed obedience is no obedience. I have a dream, friends, that we can live by courageous faith that we might go into outlandish exploits under the voice of God and see God break into situations and into, into areas and change regions and change cities because of the faith of the people of God. Courageously being lived out. I have a dream, friends, of a church that believes that God is bigger than the problems of this country and knows that God's promise will prevail as we pray and live out the hope that He's given us. I have a dream, friends, of a church that is not discouraged by politics, that is not swayed by politics or politicians, but knows that Jesus is on the throne and that actually because Jesus is on the throne and we're participating in his life, that actually we can make a difference and there's hope for this nation. I pray for a church that thinks like that and prays like that. I, I, I have a dream of a church that sees each other 
and rates relates to each other, not on the basis of the categories that the world puts on us, but according to our created value and our oneness in Christ. That the categories don't separate us, rich and poor, black and white, thin and fat, short and tall. But actually we see the created value in every single human being. Whether you are homeless or whether you live in a fancy house, your created value in God is your created value in God. And we do not see like the world sees, but we see value and we see destiny and we see purpose. And we understand that it's my job if I have to help those that don't have so that they can walk into their created value. I have a dream, friends, of a church or a people who live for the benefit of others who understand that the blessing that they have is not only for them, but actually to be given away. I have a dream, friends, that actually blessing, whenever we bless, we, say, we, we ask the question, how can I bless somebody else? How can I take the blessing of my life and, and help make sure that somebody else is blessed? A church, friends, that lives for the benefit of others. I have a, I have a dream, friends, of a people who are unbelievably hospitable, who understand that the greatest ministry tool that they've been given is their home and their dining room table. That when people come into our homes, friends, their lives change. That our pools are not just used for recreation, but are baptismal fonts. I have a dream, friends, that our homes become a place, a safe place for people. And people are wowed by the presence of God in your home and around the conversation around your table. I have a dream of a hospitable people. I have a dream, friends, of a church where leaders are integrous, are self-sacrificial, who don't put themselves at the top of the pile, but actually see themselves at the bottom of the pile, helping other guy, others reach the top. I have a, church, a, a, a dream, friends, where leaders lead and live for the benefit of others, not for the benefit of themselves. Where servant leadership marks the leadership of this church. I have a dream, friends, of a church that is rich with racial and cultural diversity and models that as a reality to this nation. Where because of our oneness in Jesus, we are one with one another. No matter what color we are, no matter what language we are, we are one in Him. And that becomes so revelational, friends, that we actually live that out. where we hear each other's stories and we understand each other's pasts and we cry with one another and we laugh with one another and we help one another because Jesus is in our hearts. No matter what politicians say, no matter what anybody else says, that friends, the church is a place of economic transformation. 
that a church is a place of social transformation. Not because of a law, not because of some political system, but because Jesus so wills it and so compels us that we can do nothing else. That we build that the, a church where we're not, we not just sit with each other alongside different people of different color and different races on a Sunday and say that we're a multicultural church or a multiracial church, but actually we're an integrated church where relationships run deep and wide with one another, where we have friendships with people that are different from us, of different colors to us, of different spaces to us, and we can have genuine friendships where we help one another in that because of what Jesus has done in our hearts. I have a dream, friends, of a church whose marriages are strong, and healthy and fruitful. I have a dream, friends, that actually we so understand the work of Jesus in our lives that we can live a self-sacrificial love for the benefit of our spouse. I have a dream, friends, where men stand and lead and don't step into the shadows. And I have a dream, friends, where women stand and Go forward in all that God's called them to do. And men are opening the way for them and creating space for them to be all that they can be. I have a dream, friends, where marriages become the safe haven for children, friends. I have a dream, friends, where, where parenting is actually a discipleship mentality. Where, where, our, where our parenting is actually there in place to connect our, G, our, our kids to Jesus, first of all, to each other, second of all and to the wider community of friends where they from a very young age can participate in and be part of it. I have a dream, friends, of marriages that are unbelievably healthy and real. I have a dream, friends, of a church with strong family life, strong parents, where whole households get saved. And that has generational impact that the children's children are become serving God because of what gets set in place by this generation of people. I have a dream, friends, of a church where people can sort out their differences according to Matthew chapter 18. I have a dream, friends, where people can sort out their differences, not by slandering one another, not by gossiping to one another, not by, by spreading rumors, but by actually confronting and talking straight to the person that's offended you and dealing with it in God. I have a dream, friends, where our relationships are intact because where there's, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Let me say that. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. You don't walk into blessing. You don't think you're going to get blessing. Where there is unity, where there is togetherness, where there is oneness, one spirit, one heart, one mind, there is commanded blessing from God. And whatever that means, it will be awesome. Because it's, it's, it's so varied and so wide, the blessing of God, and so deep. I have a dream, friends, of a church or a people who is a going people, where everybody has a heart for and participates in the Great Commission of reaching the nations for Jesus. 
of reaching our neighbors for Jesus, of crossing borders and crossing seas and flying in airplanes for the sake of the gospel. And that, friends, I have a dream that people can be so big-hearted and so big in their understanding of God that they know that God can provide and do those things in their lives if they put their faith in Him. I have, a, I have a dream, friends, where this church will not only plant churches, but influence nations and influence cities through their businesses, through the teachers, through no matter what you do, in a profound, profound way. I have a dream, friends, of a community where business people can successfully do business together. I have a dream, friends, where businessmen can do, do business together, where relationships are more important than money. I have a dream, friends, we're in a church where actually people will employ other people because they're in your church and that those people will serve you better than anybody else will. Not take advantage of you because you employed them and you're from the same church. I have a dream, friends, that business owners will get together and the favor of God will be so exploded that everybody will benefit. Unfortunately, that's not the case most of the time. But I have a dream of a church where that is possible. I have a dream, friends, of a community that bands together and builds together in good times and in tough times. That when the tough times happen, you don't check out, you check in. I have a dream, friends, we will celebrate the good times and we will fight together, warfare together, pray together and see the breakthrough of God in the tough times, in, the, in our corporateness and in our personal lives. I have a dream, friends, that when people go through tough times, they don't leave church, they run to church. I have a dream, friends, that when, when we go through those tough times, we don't get insecure and think, what are people gonna think of me? We think, actually, no, I need to be in worship. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be in the presence of people that are strong in God at the moment, even though I'm weak, and so that I can be built up. I have a dream, friends, that that would be our culture. I have a dream, friends, of a community that is so big-hearted and so big-thinking that nothing is insurmountable. That we can be like the lady who spent a year's perfume pouring it on the feet of Jesus and not be like the disciples thinking, why are you wasting that? That's a year's wages. Because we understand God is big and God is, provides and God is huge and he wants to be worshiped with everything. Friends, I have a dream of a church where unity among the church and the city is key for what God wants to do. And we live that and expect that and know that. That we can celebrate the successes of other churches and the growth of other churches 
that when the power of God pours out in this church, we can celebrate it, we can come alongside it, we can learn from it and be there. And not be jealous and say, why is that not happening to us? Also have a dream, friends, that we sow together in the city when this church is in trouble, that we're there to help and to come alongside them, to pray for them, to give to them whatever needs to happen. I have a dream, friends, that this kind of church that Jesus is building can be a reality. Not just the dream. Because I believe that's what the book of Acts church looks like. I feel like God wants to take smallness off of people this morning. I feel like God wants to take small thinking, parochial thinking. Y'all stand, are you talking about the nations? What about our neighbors? What about the people next door? Yeah, 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 it's both and. God is both and. Not either or. We are either or because we're limited. God is both and. He's unlimited. Both and all the time. Jerusalem. He says, book of Acts. And you will go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost parts of the world. That's not a progression. Those are all happening at the same time. God is ministering in Jerusalem. God is ministering in Durban. God is ministering in South Africa and God's ministering in the outermost parts of the world at the same time. And we enjoy all of that all the time. We never choose. We never become nationalistic to the point where actually we think this is ours to hell with the rest. We live so big hearted and we're so big thinking that actually we believe God even when we've been disappointed because God stays big even when we're disappointed. You think this is possible, friends? I think it's possible. I think it's completely possible because nothing's impossible with him. If you feel like you've got small, smallness has got hold of your mind or your heart, just stand up right where you are. Small thinking. You're getting small. You're thinking about yourself only. You, you, you're becoming inward. You, you're just becoming small. Just becoming, you've forgotten that God is big. That God wants to minister to you. You know what the prophetic does, friends? It comes into people and makes them big again. Just stand right where you are. Your business is not going where it's meant to be. Your job is not coming like you thought it would be. And slowly but surely, you become small, friends. Maybe you're getting old. Duh. Because I'm not old. I'm a... Maybe you're getting older and your world is just shrinking a little. I want to tell you, friends, there are people in their 60s and 70s and 80s in this church that God has not finished ministering with. There's people in this church that are 60 and 70 and 80 that God is going to profoundly use to ignite men and women's hearts.
ministry disappointments. God wants to make us big again. He wants to put a dream in our hearts, friends, that we will not let go of. A dream where we actually will not, we will trust God. We will not value the words of the enemy and not value the words of others that have made us small, but actually value the words that are making us big. Father God, right where you are now, just stand. Father, actually Cam, will you come and pray? Father, we thank you for an invitation into a new season in you. I thank you that you're doing a new thing. There's a new season, and there's an invitation to partner with you. I thank that every person here, Lord, would get every single word that's been spoken over them and begin to battle and fight and expect. I thank you, Father, that your heart is to bless us, to grow us, so that we can be a blessing to change our neighborhoods, our nations, and the people around us. I thank you, Lord, that there's an understanding that it's not by might or by power, but it's by your spirit. I thank you that even as you knitted every single one of these people together in their mother's wombs, you had greatness, you had bigness. I thank you where people have been hurt and broken and disappointed. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would wash that away and that you would birth something of an expectation for the greatness of a God who lives on the throne of thrones. So right now, I just release the Holy Spirit over every single person here. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak bigness. I speak breakthrough. This is a season of breakthrough. Psalm 67, God has a desire to bless and break every single person here into the more of God. He has a plan. So, Father, thank you for your favor on every single person here. Thank you for bigness. Thank you for bigness. In Jesus' name, amen.